Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein. And this is We Had No Idea. Episode 32. Whoa. Episode number your age. Oh, yeah, that's accurate. Whoa. We come to you from Mokinsis, and we acknowledge that we get the privilege of living and producing this show on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Tsutsuna Nations, the Iahe Nakoda Nations, the Metis Nation Region 3, and all people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of southern Alberta. You can find out what native lands you're on by looking at native-land.ca. The sources for the show today, Killing John F. Kennedy, documentary on Amazon Prime, whitehouse.gov, Washington Post, and history.com. There's another, there's two more docs. Two? Yeah, yeah, what was the one that was like with Whoopi? Oh, we didn't get anything from that. Speak for yourself, I got lots from that. Oh, okay, sorry. JFK on Crave and... What's the series? Yeah, what was the Netflix one? I think it was like the assassination of Jay. The only John F. Kennedy documentary currently on Netflix in wow. 2021. Wow. I don't know. I didn't take any notes on that one. What a list of sources. Right. How crazy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for uh, downloading, subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff. It helps. Yes. And you know what? We love hearing from you. So if you want to talk to us. I mean, most of you know us, but um, <laughs> if you don't, you can just email us. Uh, we had no idea podcast at gmail.com. Or we're on Instagram at we had no idea podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess first off, apologies that this is a week late. I was sick. Not that kind of sick, but sick. Yeah. We worried that it was that kind of sick. Then I got stuff shoved up my nose and down my throat, and then it wasn't that kind of sick. And you can probably still hear that sick. But uh, yeah, uh, it's all my fault that we were a week delayed in getting you this one. So Real sick. Real ick. <laughs> <laughs> that one's for my Canadians. <laughs> they put a COVID test in my mouth. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> well, then they swab my throat. <laughs> and then they swab my nose. And <laughs> See, that was better. Uh, so as the title of the podcast has probably already told you, we are going to be talking about the assassination of JFK. Yes. Uh, first, we will go into the, uh, I believe it's called the agreed upon facts of the case, Whoa. because there are a lot of not agreed upon facts of this case. And we will talk about some of the theories that people have conspiracies about um, at the end. I had a really good talk with my friend who knows everything yesterday. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just hearing this for the first time. Yeah. Uh, we had a really great conversation about JFK, about okay. conspiracy theories, about uh, kind of the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. No, no ill will pun intended. Oh, jeez. Sorry, that's a saying. I can't help it. I wonder where that <laughs> saying came from. Uh, she bang, she bang. Oh, baby, when she moves. <laughs> I am certainly ignoring you. I mean. Sometimes I like to ignore the truth, too, but <laughs> it all comes back one day. Um, courtesy of vocabulary.com mm-hmm. slash dictionary slash shebang. Uh, shebang is a thing or group used in the phrase the whole shebang. The informal phrase the whole shebang means everything, which you could also call the whole ball of wax or the whole enchilada. Shebang is an American word first used by Civil War soldiers and poet Walt Whitam to mean rustic dwelling or hut 
1872, Mark Twain used shebang to mean vehicle, but that same year it appeared in a newspaper with its current meaning in the first known use of the whole shebang. So we don't really know where it came from. Ricky Martin, obviously. Right. Yes. My apologies. <laughs> we went over this. Right. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, should we get into it? I think we shall. Okay. Well, I I mean, I think I would like to start off the top with um, that we've been to here. Yes. We have been to Dallas. We we stood on the X. We saw the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, we saw the, the X. We looked at where the shot came from. I think there's a mark from where the shot came from too, right? Was there? I don't remember that. Oh, I could be wrong then. Yeah, I was very tired that day. I had a nap in a park. That's true. A man did. took photos of me. I don't think he took pictures of you. I think he just stared at you from a no, distance. No, he took pictures of me. Oh, okay. And you took pictures of him taking pictures of me. Oh, I forgot about that part. But um, he did nothing to stop it though. I right. want to emphasize that though yes. for anyone listening. Yeah. He didn't help me. Well... If anything would have happened, I would have. Anyway, not the point. <laughs> it was five years ago. You're probably fine. Um, but no, yeah, we were there. There was a guy with like a bunch of buttons and pictures and everything. I thought he'd be like a crazy, but he wasn't. There were definitely conspiracy theory people there, but not uh, to the level that I thought there would be. Right. He was a good kind of crazy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. We should probably just get into it though, hey? Okay, sure. Uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy was born in Brookline, Massachusetts. Nailed it. Thank you. On May 29th, 1917. So long ago. Mm -hmm. The Ottoman Empire was around. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not going to get over that. No, that's fair. Literally never will I get over that. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how, like old he would have been you know like he's definitely one of those oh man if john f kennedy hadn't been assassinated he'd be dead by now (laughs) yeah i for his sake i hope he would be yeah honestly wow what he'd be 104 yeah spryly 104 that's too much no we're gonna get into it he would not be a spryly 104 (laughs) that's fair it's literally he would have hollow bones it's literally the next paragraph he would be concave yeah uh, he was the second of nine children. Um, also, like, it had to be Massachusetts, didn't it? Yeah. And it's right outside of Boston. 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 Did you see I even spelt it phonetically? Boston. Baus- B-A-W-S-T-O-N. Boston. Yeah. I like that he's from a place that definitely sounds like a New York City. You know, like Brooklyn. Yeah. Brookline. Brookline, Massachusetts. Completely different. Yep. Despite health problems from childhood... <laughs> Okay. He would later be diagnosed with a rare endocrine disorder called Addison's disease that leads to fatigue, stomach problems, and weight loss. Uh, John, ooh, feels weird to call him John. Just John? All alone like that? (laughs) John led a privileged youth going to private schools such as Canterbury and Choate? Yeah, I guess. Choate. (laughs) And spending summers. Choate. (laughs) Microave. And spending summers in Hyannisport and Cape Cod. John, it's weird, right? Yeah. John's father. Even in the documentaries we watched, a lot of them called him Jack. Right, that was his, like, nickname. He wasn't ever a John. No, that sounds, like, a bit more appropriate now, honestly. Yeah. I know now that I've changed all the Jacks to Johns, because I was like, who the fuck is Jack? Yeah. It's John. (laughs) John's father, Joseph, was a politician in the Second World War. He was the ambassador to England from 1938 to 40. Nothing happened then. No. And helped with their decision to go to war. 
While being a student at Harvard University, he traveled in Europe as his father's secretary. His senior thesis about the Brits' unpreparedness for war was later published as an acclaimed book, Why England Slept in 1940. JFK graduated from Harvard in the same 1940, entering the Navy in 1941. Two years later, 1943, a Japanese destroyer struck the craft PT-109, which he was on, in the Solomon Islands. Kennedy and some of the marooned crew got back to safety, and JFK was awarded the Navy and Marine Corps Medal of Heroism. His older brother, Joe Jr., was not as fortunate. He was killed in August 1944, when his Navy airplane exploded on a secret mission against a German rocket-launching site. A grieving Joe Sr. told John it was his duty to fulfill the destiny once intended for Joe Jr. to become the first Catholic president of the United States. This was something that was looked at in the one of the documentaries that we watched, where Joe Jr. had done enough that he didn't have to like go back into combat, like they would have let him just go away. But he was apparently so inspired by what John did that he's like, no, I'm gonna like keep fighting in this war, and then mm. he didn't make it. Uh I was talking to my friend who knows everything yesterday. Right. I had a great discussion with him about JFK and all the conspiracy theories and, you know, tons of other things. Yeah. But we talked about this and I guess, because I didn't really get this from our notes, but I guess when uh, John's, JFK's destroyer or his, when when his like ship broke in half because of the destroyer. Yeah. um, He had to swim like... For days oh, to wow. get to an island. And so he had like a ton of back problems because of it. Like I would say later in his life, but obviously he didn't get to late life, but like later right. in his short life. Yes. Yeah. He had like a ton of back problems and he had a rocking chair because of it because rocking chairs used to be prescribed for back pain. Huh. Which it turns out they're actually like kind of not good for your back. Anyways. Um, so there's, uh, the Kennedy rocker. He used to like take it on air force one with him huh? because he had this rocking chair that was for his back pain from being in a broken boat and huh. having to swim a long ways. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So my friend who knows everything told me that hmm. you just said that his older brother died and then his dad was like, you have to become the first Catholic president. Mm-hmm. It's like now he, now JFK is all of a sudden the oldest son. Right. Because his older brother has died and he was the second born. Um, But also his brother was probably inspired by what John had done because of the boat stuff. Mm -hmm. Right? Like I was like, oh, I didn't really think, you know, like, like it was, you know, like good for them and all the people that survived and like, you know, thank you to the veterans. Uh, But I was like, when, when we were doing the research and I read that, I was like, oh, he was like inspired because JFK like lived. Yeah. But it's more than that. Right. He didn't just survive. No, he thrived. Yes, thank you. Uh, so abandoning his plans to be a journalist, which like, I guess was a thing. Yes. Yeah. Like he, that's what he was going to. That's what I, he was going to Harvard for? Uh, I don't think he was going to Harvard. I don't, oh. I don't know if they have journalism there. They might have in 1940. Um, but he, he did have plan. like he wrote books and stuff like that, right? So he was planning on being. Oh yeah, I guess like a writer lines, yeah. type of. Thing. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so he leaves the Navy in 1944. Uh, less than a year later, he was back in Boston preparing to run for Congress in 1946. As a moderately conservative Democrat, 
figure that out. And backed by his father's fortune, JFK won the party's nomination and carried the mostly working class 11th district by nearly three to one over his Republican opponent in the general election. He entered the 80th Congress in January of 1947 at the age of 29 and immediately attracted attention as well as some criticism from older members, stuffy old white men, uh, for his youthful appearance and relaxed informal style. Um, can I just say, yeah. like there's definitely, there is and always will be stuffy old white men, Totally. but few come stuffier or whiter than 1940s American right. politicians. Right. Then a Congress. Yes. Of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you, that's like a flock of crows is a murder. What's a flock of old white men? A Congress. A Congress. <laughs> that's good. Oh, fantastic. So skipping forward six years, he marries Jacqueline Bouvier in 1953, two years later, while recuperating from a back operation, perhaps from his swimming. Mm-hmm. And subsequent chair rocking. And subsequent rocking. Uh, he wrote Profiles in Courage, which won the Pulitzer Prize in history. Oh, my God. He's so accomplished. Right? Like, he just was kind of awesome at, like, everything he did. Like, oh, Navy, I'm just going to swim for two days. He was uh, just always doing something. Yeah, 29? Well, I guess I'm going to be a congressman and then write a Pulitzer Prize-winning book while I'm recovering from... He's probably writing it while they were cutting into him. While he was in his rocking chair. Like, he was chair. just like, yeah, <laughs> they cut through the rocking chair. That's why it didn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> he had splinters in his back for decades after. Uh, well, I guess well, he, he only lived for a couple more. Um, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Not even two decades. Anyway, uh, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, after nearly earning the party's nomination for vice president under Adlai Stevenson in 1956, Kennedy announced his candidacy for president in 1960. He defeated a primary challenge from the more liberal Hubert Humphrey. Hubert Humphrey. Yes. Who uh, the Minnesota Twins uh, ballpark used to be named for, the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome. Wow. I've been there. Sorry, where was that? Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. For some reason, I, like I heard the words you said and I thought Milwaukee. And mm. I was like, what? <laughs> Oft confused, yes. Yeah. Uh, he Minnesota, chose Milwaukee. He chose Senate Majority Leader Lyndon Johnson of Texas as his running mate. In the general election, Kennedy faced a difficult battle against his Republican opponent, Richard Nixon. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Still nailed it, huh? It scared the hell out of me. <laughs> A two-term vice president under the popular Dwight D. Eisenhower. Do you ever just like say a bunch of old white man names and feel dirty? <laughs> uh, you do say a Congress of white man names, right? And yeah, feel dirty. <laughs> um, offering a young, energetic alternative to Nixon. Which, yeah, uh, if you want more on Richard Nixon, uh, listen to the Watergate scandal episode, which is episode nineteen. Woo, weenie. But offering an energetic alternative to that dude and the status quo. <laughs> Kennedy benefited from his performance in the first ever televised debate watched by millions of viewers. That is so old timey. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it, was, like, it was the first. Uh, well, I know. But I. Uh, because I didn't live it, there is no life without television right. for me. Yeah. There just isn't. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's very, like, I don't know millennial entitled of me whatever right but it's like yeah I, I just can't imagine uh you know how, how did you watch the debates well you didn't you read about them mm. the next day or you heard them on the radio 
Well, and that was an interesting thing about this um, in the Netflix documentary I watched. So there, I guess we are getting something. From oh, uh, she bang. <laughs> um, people who listened to the debate on the radio thought Nixon won, but Nixon had never been on television before. So he was never like looking at the camera. He was sweaty. He was like kind of looking around like there was no presence to him. There was he no was gravitas to him. Oh. He was an old white dude, which on the radio is like he, he sounded fine. But on TV, when you can see him kind of uh, 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 and Kennedy is like is a handsome young man and he's mm. polished and he's looking at the camera and he's delivering his messages. And nah, 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 nah. Well, like he, he was able to have an impact through the screen. Very cool. Yeah, it's it really is interesting how all of this plays out and it's kind of the first time like they're all seeing this as it's all happening. And so uh, Kennedy, I think, really kind of took advantage of that and was able to to take advantage of a, a larger scale that he was able to to kind of present to. Yeah, that's yeah. I just can't. There's there's no life without it. for mm-hmm. me. I'm sorry. No, that's very fair. <laughs> and then I guess, you know, you add in to that, that. The Vietnam War is like the first televised war. That starts in 1955. Mm-hmm. Five years young when this is happening. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, the time like people just have cameras and they're on television now. So it's all so new. Right. Hmm. Uh, in November's election, Kennedy won by a narrow margin, less than 120,000 out of the 70 million votes cast, becoming oh. the youngest man and the first Roman Catholic to be elected president of the United States. He I did put, it. I put that in there because that was a major focus of everyone. Like, to me, focusing on the politician's religion, that feels old-timey to me. Like, that feels like very, like, 1800s, whatever. But there was legitimate concern from some that, like, the Pope was going to be in control of Kennedy. And he it wasn't going to be Kennedy making decisions. It was going to be the Roman Catholic Church. And he had to... Like reach out. One of the the more famous ones was he reached out to um, Martin Luther King Sr., who was a uh, who was very much against him because of the the religious thing. He was like, hey, like these are all my plans. This is what I'm planning on doing, and he kind of won him over. So he had to like win over different religious factions to to be able to win this. What? Yeah. That is old timey. It right? That's like Congress old timey. <laughs> Congress, also a place in uh, Saskatchewan, just outside of my hometown. Oh, yeah, you're right. Congress. No, still just Congress. No, Congress. Oh, okay. All right. So um, he gets inaugurated, and that is when he has the the, the famous line, ask not what you can do, or not... (laughs) (laughs) Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. He took vigorous action in the cause of equal rights, calling for new civil rights legislation. His vision of America extended to the quality of the national culture and the central role of the arts in a vital society. He wished America to resume its old mission as the first nation dedicated to the revolution of human rights. With the Alliance for Progress and the Peace Corps, he brought American idealism to the aid of developing nations, unless they were called Vietnam. Uh, Just Peace Corps. Why does it say corpse? Because that's how it's spelled. What? Yep. I'm going to leave this in. Yep. Peace Corps. <laughs> I thought it was like a short for corporations. The Peace Corporation? <laughs> Multiple. <laughs> Is this another Soviet Union thing? 
In uh, 1962, at Rice University, he gave a speech that inspired many to get behind NASA. Quote, new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. Without this speech, many believe the steps on the moon wouldn't have happened. In a Vienna summit in 1961, JFK met with Khrushchev, trying to end the Cold War. It didn't Oh my God, that's going on too. Yes, Holy shit, I would not have wanted to be president in 1960. Yeah, well, turns out it ends poorly. Kennedy felt he wasn't (laughs) taken seriously by the Soviet (laughs) Union. Khrushchev called JFK weak and inexperienced. I would say not taking him seriously. Hmm. Kennedy said he would do anything to let freedom prevail. Quote, now the winds of change appear to be blowing stronger than ever in the world of communism as well as our own. For 175 years, we have sailed with those winds at our back with the tides of human freedom in our favor. Today... We will welcome those winds of change, and we have every reason to believe our tide is riding strong. I did not, like, present that with any gravitas or anything like that. Twice used gravitas now. Mm, and Christ. But even that, I was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's fucking go. Okay, let's do this. Can you take it again, but try it in a Boston accent? Absolutely not. No. Please. I'm not. I Fulfill my dreams. The, the Mayor Quimby. Ask not. Era, now the winds of change appear to be blowing stronger than ever in the world of communism as well as our own. I don't know where you're from. It's not Southern. It's not Boston. For uh, 175 years, we have sailed with those winds at our uh, back. You're from Texachusetts right now, (laughs) you know? I'm... I'm someone who lived in Boston, like, lived and grew up in Boston, but moved to Texas for like a summer and came back with like kind of the half Texas accent, but still like trying to put on the, the Texas accent. So someone asks, oh, were you in Texas? You know, like that sort of a thing. Right. You're like, you've got the yeah. Boston drawl. Right. Yeah. It is kind of funny, like watching all of this. Cause again, again, watching that. And that was another one from uh, one of the documentaries. That was another speech with television cameras and a, a giant crowd watching mm-hmm. and everything like that. And it's just like, a, it's so captivating. B, it's so strange that like such a, a, a an amazingly powerful metaphor is coming with the voice of Mayor Quimby. Like it, it just, <laughs> it was so weird to me. But right. again, like that's, th- that is such a, a well phrased, um, I guess, speech that it's like you, you again can see how he was able to draw up such support with just how well he was able to, to talk about these things. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Khrushchev was threatened and probably really weirded out and pissed by this uh, and prepared for nuclear war, sending troops to East Berlin. Kennedy countered with troops in West Berlin. Fuck, this is happening too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many things happening in the world at this moment. Yeah. Oh, it's like a freaking trifle. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. No, many described the time of... The Vietnam War, the Cold War, and the West crisis East in Berlin. Berlin as the trifle. <laughs> Custard. <laughs> uh, this would inspire Khrushchev to build the Berlin Wall as folks were leaving East Berlin, episode 11 of uh, We Had No Idea. Yep. So many tie-ins in this episode. Uh, Kennedy turned his attention to Vietnam, worried about communism and the attacks in South Vietnam, sending troops there. The solution is always more guns. Right. Kennedy became known for looking calm under pressure and was praised uh, as the face of freedom. In reality, he was constantly worried about communism, according to Jackie. 
uh, and that kept him up at night. In June of 1963, JFK is in Berlin, and he gave what is believed to be the most anti-communist speech in history. Do you want to take this one in your accent, Peter? Absolutely not, but I will read it if you want. (laughs) Quote, freedom has many different colors and democracy is not perfect, but we have never had to put up a wall to keep our people in. There are some who say that communism is the wave of the future. Let them come to Berlin. Bum, bum, bum. So, yes, all of that is going on. Um, Yeah, he has quite a lot to deal with. Really a trifle of situations. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, But again, one of his focuses was space. And in 1963, JFK and his wife flew to San Antonio on a speech tour focused on freedom and space. Totally. Rad. Yeah. So rock and roll. Right? Not a lot of um, political tours focusing on space these days. No, unless you're like Jeffrey Bezos. Right, which isn't political. He's a... Jeffrey Bezos. Uh, It was raining and cold and was expected to stay that way through the night and into the next day. So there were thoughts of changing the plans and the schedule. Unexpectedly, the weather changed drastically overnight. So the trip went on as planned. And in the documentary that we watched, this was presented as the biggest, oh my God, could you imagine what if? What if the weather was just cold in San Antonio and they never make that trip to Dallas? (gasps) To which I would counter, uh, they probably go a couple days later and the same thing happens. Like, I don't, yes. I, I don't, I can't imagine that a plan to assassinate the president of the United States of America hinged on it being just one day. Like, I feel like you would have to have a plan B if he showed up two days later. Right. Like, the the shooter was like, it's it's got to happen. I, this is just the most convenient way for it to happen. It's like, they would have found a way. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, they probably would have come up with an alternative, I would imagine. Yeah. So on November 22nd, 1963, it was a bright, clear, sunny day as the Kennedys arrive in Dallas, greeted by hundreds of supporters after getting off of Air Force One. This is the part that blew me away and I think really shows... Peter. The... Sorry. um, (laughs) She banged. Shows the popularity of this particular individual. Over 150 thousand people gathered along the streets of Dallas to catch a glimpse of the president in a motorcade. They didn't know that at the time this was going to be the most historic motorcade in history. Right. It was just 150,000 people in one city showing up to watch the dude drive by. Yeah. Like just unparalleled levels of popularity. Yeah. So we all know what happens now. They turn off Main Street into or in the motorcade onto Daly Plaza. They pass the school book depository when two shots ring out. Um, the first missed the motorcade and hit a supporter. Unnamed? They do name him. I, I admittedly, I didn't think to look. My apologies. That no, no, guy. no. But it's just like imagine being that supporter. Like you're one of 150,000 people. Yeah. You happen to get shot. You get literally no airtime. Yeah. In the one documentary we documentary we watched uh well we watched a couple sorry in one of them that we watched yeah uh it's like there was a bullet that missed the car wildly it's like sidebar it hit another person my like twitter bio my facebook like everything how i would introduce myself or well no currently if if this person (laughs) was still around um like anything that i had to describe myself on would definitely be third most famous person hit by a bullet on november 22nd 1963 in dallas Wow. Um, anyway, 
the second one goes through JFK's neck and into Texas Governor John Kennelly's hand and leg. Kennedy slumps to Jackie's shoulder. A third shot is fired, killing Kennedy as it hits him in the head and kills him instantly. They speed to the closest hospital, arriving there half an hour later. They sped there and it took a half hour? Yeah, I thought that too. How far away is this fucking hospital? I mean, we saw, like, it's not in the most convenient spot. <laughs> you know, like, what, like we, we've been there, like you said. You have and... the president dead in your car. You're well, telling yeah. me you can't lights and sirens that all well, the yeah, way there? Well, yeah, but you can't build a hospital two blocks away so that they can go to it. Like, they... But it's all highways there, too. Mm-hmm. Like, think about where that is. It's like, you take one turn, you're on a freaking freeway. Right. Not a ton of those lead to hospitals. I don't know. I, I feel like that's a long time. <laughs> Kim adding to the conspiracies. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. The driver was why did it take it. him so long to get to the hospital? Yeah. He was definitely already dead. But why did it take so long? <laughs> Sorry. I'm laughing about a guy who got murdered. Doctors, Sorry. doctors on scene say there wasn't much hope in saving him. And at 1.30 p.m., Walter Cronkite on CBS made the news official, stunning the United States of America, that uh, John F. Kennedy had been assassinated. Investigations began immediately as police raided the surrounding buildings. Less than an hour later, police found a rifle on the sixth floor window of the Texas School Book Depository. At 1.45, officers raided a theater in Dallas, bringing one man out. They arrest Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, In his mugshot, he looks rather beat up. I don't believe they were um, very cautious with the suspect here. Right. they, They did not treat him gently. Yes. Uh, So Oswald was born in Louisiana in 1939. His father, also Lee, served in World War I, which is episode 28 of this podcast, if Mm -hmm. you want to hear it. Uh, But he died before, uh, I called him just LHO, before Lee Jr. was born. His family moved frequently during his childhood from Dallas to New York. He continued to move around in his adult years. And by 15 years old, he claimed to have been influenced by Marxist ideology. He joined the Marine Corps in 1956 at age 17 and was able to join as his brother became his legal guardian. Here he became a skilled shooter, beating the Marine average, earning the mark of a sharpshooter, and being given an honorable discharge in 1959, he became desperate to learn Russian and moved to the Soviet Union. He renounced his American citizenship and moved there. In his application, he said that his time in the Marines gave him information that would be of interest to Russians. This made the news in the U.S. uh, in November 59, because I guess television and news was new then. Uh, so changing his designation from an honorable honorable discharge to undesirable sick burn boom roasted peter what boom oh sorry i was like (laughs) no one (laughs) sorry uh, in 1961, tensions weren't just high with the United States and the Soviets, but also Cuba. The Soviets were giving the Cubans funding, which terrified Kennedy, given how, uh, given how close Cuba was to the United States. Kennedy ordered a group of experienced soldiers, a group of CIA-sponsored Cuban exiles, to invade Cuba and take Castro out. It was called the Bay of Pigs and went horribly. Castro used it as a major talking point against the U.S., and Kennedy withdrew all troops from Cuba. This was one of the times where Kennedy's inexperience was kind of called into to question a little bit. And was like, hey, what exactly are you doing here? Mm. 
Uh, Kennedy says the mission was a failure and he took responsibility. Oswald was disgusted by this as he was, as he was touring through Russia. Um, he was, however, growing tired of his time in the USSR, saying he was bored and that the money wasn't as good as his time in the Marine Corps. He applied for citizenship and moved back to the States. They moved to the States. He and his wife, he met his wife over there. Uh, they moved to the States and settled in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in 1962. Oswald was surprised. More people didn't pay attention to him when he moved back. Hmm. So, a few things to... Uh, I guess, look at there. To slice out of the trifle? Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> one, one of the, um, I, I guess, criticisms of how Russia does what they do is that because of how it's set up, there's, like, no real creativity, so no one, like, does a whole lot. So it's like, oh, so, like, you think it's boring and the money isn't as good as in this system that you're, like, aggressively fighting against? That seems... Weird, but all right. Um, and then also, what kind of, like, self-centered sociopath do you have to be to be surprised that people don't pay attention to you when you move back to the States three years after you were a blurb in a newspaper once? That's true. And I guess, like, maybe he was thinking, like, oh, because they changed my honorable discharge to undesirable. Right. That they're like, like maybe he should have been flagged with like the FBI or something. Like mm -hmm. maybe that's more what he's getting at. Like, Which I mean, in hindsight, definitely probably should have been. I mean. It seems weird that it was just like, oh yeah, come on back in. Right? Yeah. Like uh, they turned down a lot of people to move to the States. Yes. That's my understanding. And yeah. they couldn't just fucking do it with this guy? Yep. Anyways. In 1963, Oswald, using an alias, purchased a rifle for 30 bucks. He became aware of a, a former military commander, Edwin Walker, who was anti-communist, and Oswald considered him a fascist because Oswald sounds like a mega treat. <laughs> he went to Walker's house and attempted to kill him, but shot and missed. Oswald escaped, and the investigation went nowhere. What a great place for it to go. Right. In June, there were pictures released of the USSR working on nuclear bases in Cuba. JFK put Cuba under a quarantine from all military shipments. Tensions in the Cold War were high. Quote, the events and decisions of the next 10 months may well decide the fate of man for the next 10,000 years. We in this hall shall be remembered either as part of the generation that turned this planet into a flaming funeral fire or the generation that met its vow to save succeeding generations from the scourge of war, end quote. In late June... In late June of 1963, the quarantine ended and the USSR dismantled the bases. The states kept an eye on Castro, who openly hated the U.S. government. Kennedy now contended that both sides had a vital interest in stopping the spread of nuclear weapons and slowing the arms race, a contention which led to the Test Ban Treaty of 1963. The months after the Cuban Missile Crisis showed significant progress toward his goal of, quote, a world of law and free choice, banishing the world of war and coercion. Oswald was disgusted with the state's involvement in Cuba and joined the Fair Play for Cuba Committee. He had printed flyers and business cards saying, um, hands off Cuba, again, under an alias. He was arrested and fined $10 after a fight with an anti-Castro group. So he's handing out these flyers, people who are anti-Castro, like, hey, stop that. And he's like, no. So they fight. Um, <laughs> and he ends up getting uh, arrested. And again, the hefty, hefty fine of 
Oswald was looking to travel back to Russia as life in the United States was a struggle. He wanted to visit Cuba, but he was detained by the Soviets, saying that he was a CIA spy. Cuba denied him a visa. It is later discovered he was hoping to get to Cuba to have easier, uh, easier access to get to Russia after he assassinates Kennedy. Oswald got a new job at the School Book Depository. Dun, dun, dun. He was visited by the FBI a few times, but was conveniently not around each time. A witness... Oh, we are now getting to the so now actual... He, we're, we're back to the day of. Yes. Snap back. Yeah. Uh, a witness in the building said that he was eating lunch on the sixth floor, but there was a bunch of boxes set up so he couldn't see the window, which would be considered a sniper's nest. Hmm. A witness saw the shots fire from the sixth floor. Oswald hurried away from work. Later, investigators came in and asked where he was, and the secretary was like, oh, no, he was working on another floor. Uh, an officer pulled Oswald over, saying he matches the description of the shooter. Oswald pulled out a gun on the officer and shot him and mm -hmm. killed him. Mm -hmm. Oswald ducked into a theater as sirens ring out. The theater was surrounded and he was arrested. Oswald is denying the allegations. They run a test to see if he had recently fired a gun. It proved that he had. So he is charged with the murder of the police officer. Eventually, he is then um, charged with the killing of Kennedy. While he was escorted out of the station, he was shot to death by Jackson Ruby, who was sentenced to life in prison. Wow. Such a weird, convoluted thing. Um, so weird. Yeah. Event, just to, to put uh, a bow on this one, the Warren Commission is, uh, I guess, created, and an 880-page report was presented to new president Lyndon Johnson confirming Lee Harvey Oswald killed JFK with the second shot. Thousands of people showed up to the funeral procession for JFK. Now, the conspiracy theories. Yes, one author estimated that conspiracy theorists have accused 42 groups, 82 assassins, and 214 people by name of being involved in the assassination. According to a 2013 poll, no less than 62% of Americans believe there was a broader plot beyond just Lee Harvey Oswald on the sixth floor overlooking Daly Plaza in Dallas. So. 62. Yeah. Honestly, seems low. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so we are just going to run through some of the theories that are out there. Okay. The first one, multiple gunmen. In 1976, after Watergate, again, episode 19, I think we said. Yeah, turn it Um, And after the emergence of the Subruder film allowed the public to see the assassination for themselves, the House voted overwhelmingly to establish a secret committee on assassinations to reinvestigate the killing, as well as that of Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968. Like the Warren Commission, the House investigation found no evidence of Soviet, Cuban, or CIA involvement in Kennedy's assassination, but the committee did conclude that there was, quote, probably a conspiracy involving a second gunman in the now famous Grassy Knoll. That conclusion has since been discredited, including by high-tech recreations, but the damage was done. This, quote, great contradiction, as one JFK scholar put it, created room for conspiracy theories to grow. Umbrella Man is the next one. The most famous theory involves multiple gunmen. Uh, it centers on Umbrella Man, a figure seen mysteriously holding a black umbrella on the sunny day of Kennedy's assassination. Look, it's white people in Texas. Like, 
Anyways, some speculated that Umbrella Man had shot a poison dart into Kennedy's neck, immobilizing him to allow for Oswald or others to deliver the kill shot. Oliver Stone's conspiracy-fueling 1991 film JFK showed Umbrella Man sending signals to his fellow assassins. The reality, however, was boring. In 1978, 15 years after the assassination, uh, Louis Stephen Witt told the House committee that he brought the umbrella to heckle, not murder, the president. Witt says he wasn't even aware of the conspiracy theories over his umbrella until years later and that it was a bad joke aimed at Kennedy's father that had monumentally backfired. A black umbrella had been a trademark of Nazi-appeasing British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain, whom Joseph Kennedy had supported. Umbrella Man, a 2011 short documentary by filmmaker Errol Morris, explored how under a microscope the innocuous could appear sinister. Uh, quote, if the Guinness Book of World Records had a category for people doing the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong place, it would be number one in that position. Witt told the committee, with not even a close runner-up. Yeah, you're just going there to, to kind of mock them, and then you are for 20 years thought of as part of a grand conspiracy to kill the president. You like shot a poison dart and you're signaling to assassins and you're like, yeah, I just like, uh, it was funny and it was really sunny that day. I don't, yeah. I don't, I wear glasses. I can't wear sunglasses. I had to have the umbrella. Yeah. Uh, another one is that it was an inside, inside job. Inside job. Uh, another persistent belief is that American officials were somehow involved. One theory is that the fatal bullet actually came from the driver of Kennedy's own car as he attempted to fire upon Oswald. Quote, if you look at a really bad copy of the Subruder film, it will look like William Greer, the driver, reached over his shoulder with a gun and shot Kennedy in the head. John McAdams, author of JFK Assassination Logic, How to Think About uh, Claims of Conspiracy, mm -hmm. told the Daily Beast. But his hands were on the steering wheel the whole time. It only looks differently in a very bad copy of the film. Oh, a more widespread conspiracy is that the CIA and even Lyndon B. Johnson were nefariously involved. <gasps> Although experts have rejected it as, quote, ridiculous and contrived. Mm -hmm. The conspiracy theory was nonetheless central to Oliver Stone's film. I realize that delving into the world of assassination research and a belief in a conspiracy will lead some to brand me as an extremist or a nut, but the facts I have uncovered are so compelling that I must make the case that Lyndon Baines Johnson had John Fitzgerald Kennedy murdered in Dallas to become president himself and to avert the precipitous political and legal fall that was about to beset him. Stone wrote in his 2013 book written with someone, uh, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Whoa. The book, which accuses Johnson of being part of at least six other murders, <laughs> also quotes Richard Nixon, Stone's former boss, as saying, Lyndon and I both wanted to be president. The difference was I wouldn't kill for it. Uh, a, history, a history professor at Texas Tech, Sean Cunningham, said no evidence supported this theory. Uh, as reported by the Washington Post's Ian Shapira. Shapira? Shapira. I would probably say uh, Shapira. Ian Shapira. Experts believe many of the 3,100 previously unreleased files relate to Oswald's six-day trip to Mexico City two months before the assassination. Some believe Oswald received his orders from Soviet or Cuban agents while in Mexico City. In September of 1963, he did travel to the Mexican capital, visiting both the Cuban and Soviet embassies in an apparent attempt to move to one of the communist countries. One Soviet official whom Oswald purportedly contacted uh, was not 
only a KGB officer, but also was believed to have worked for the KGB's Department 13, which the CIA report uh, described as the department charged with sabotage and assassination. The Post reported in 1993. Uh, Former New York Times reporter Philip Shannon and the author of a book on the Warren Commission told Shapira that Oswald was meeting with Soviet spies and Cuban spies and the CIA and FBI had him under aggressive surveillance. Didn't the FBI and CIA have plenty of evidence that he was a threat before the assassination? If they had acted on that evidence, maybe it wouldn't have taken place. These agencies could be afraid that if the documents all get released, their incompetence and bungling could be exposed. They knew about the danger of Oswald, but didn't alert Washington. Sorry, talking about uh, documents getting released, a lot of this was from the uh, Washington post story about um trump releasing like a bunch of previously locked up documents about this case oh yeah but then a bunch of pages were withheld even from that redacted yeah According to some conspiracy theories, American intelligence agencies knew of Oswald's plot and allowed it to happen because they wanted Kennedy out of the way. The CIA and the FBI investigated supposed Cuban and Soviet involvement but found nothing. The Warren Commission and the House Select Committee on on Assassinations also both ruled out Cuban or Soviet involvement. Experts have also cast doubt on a Cuban or Soviet plot, pointing to the fact that both countries considered Kennedy easier to work with than the vice president. According to one conspiracy theory, when Oswald moved to the Soviet Union, the KGB trained a lookalike who assumed his identity and eventually killed Kennedy. The man behind the theory even convinced Oswald's widow to allow him to unearth the corpse. Really? It gets better. On October 4th, 1981, an exhumation team in Fort Worth grimly discovered that Oswald's concrete vault had cracked and that the body was badly decomposed, but enough remained inside of the dark brown suit for authorities to analyze quote we both individually and as a team have concluded beyond any doubt and i mean beyond any doubt that the individual buried under the name lee harvey oswald in rose hill cemetery is in fact lee harvey oswald announced assistant dallas county medical examiner linda e norton Uh, Another one involves the mob, as in the days after his brother's assassination, Robert Kennedy had a horrible feeling that the killing was his fault. Uh, Robert Kennedy had a fear that he had somehow gotten his own brother killed, according to biographer Evan Thomas, uh, that Robert Kennedy's attempts to prosecute the mob and to kill Castro had backfired in some terrible way, had blown back as uh, the intelligence folks say. There is no public evidence of an organized crime plot against the president, however, and experts, again, discount the idea. Ralph Salerno, a former New York City police detective who investigated mafia involvement in the assassination for the House Committee, said he reviewed thousands of pages of electronic surveillances of organized crime leaders all over the United States at the time of the assassination and heard nothing suspicious. We even came across a few sympathetic remarks about the president, he told ABC. No, they killed the wrong one. They should have shot his brother, that little SOB. He's the guy who's giving us a hard time. Hmm. Now, uh, I know I just did that one. Can I take this one as well, please? Of course you can. Not one to shy away from conspiracy theories. Then presidential candidate Donald Trump himself had a hot take on the assassination he delivered to Fox News uh, back in 2019, I believe. Oh, God. Trump who was at the time battling with uh, Senator uh, Senator Ted Kennedy for the Republican presidential no. nominee, uh, Ted Cruz, sorry, 
Um, Ted Kennedy. Oh my God. Yeah, it goes deep. Ted Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, it's in the family tree. Um, so he's battling with Cruz for the Republican presidential nomination, claimed that his opponent's father, Rafael Cruz, had been spotted with Oswald before the shooting. Quote, and I can't stress enough I'm quoting here. Okay. His father was with Lee Harvey Oswald prior to Oswald being, you know, shot, Trump said during a telephone interview. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. What is this, right? Prior to his being shot, and nobody even brings it up. I mean, they don't even talk about that. That was reported, and nobody talks about that. Trump appears to be referencing an April 2016 National Enquirer headline article uh, saying, Ted Cruz, father linked to JFK assassination. The story contained a photo that, according to the tabloid, showed Oswald and Rafael Cruz... Uh, distributing pro-Castro leaflets in New Orleans in 1963. After the clinching of the nomination, Trump stuck by his widely discredited story. All I did is point out the fact that the cover of the National Enquirer, there's a picture of him, Rafael Cruz, and crazy Lee Harvey Oswald having breakfast, Trump said. I had nothing to do with it. This was a magazine that, frankly, in many respects, should be very respected. They got OJ, they got John Edwards, they got this. I mean, if this was the New York Times, they would have gotten Pulitzer Prizes for their reporting. God, I hate him so fucking much. I hate him. So, the National Enquirer is, um in the, the the high quality reporting here. If you Google National Enquirer, it says National Enquirer, hottest celebrity gossip and entertainment news. Wow. Um, I am just like, just randomly scrolling through the National Enquirer. Not a whole lot of news here. Uh, Reba McIntyre is Kelly Clarkson's nightmare. I'm host can't Host can't handle mother-in-law's meddling. She's a mother-in-law? I guess. What? Should I read the National Enquirer? No, definitely shouldn't. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, good. Colombian drug lord may have plotted to kidnap JFK Jr. I'm just randomly wow scrolling along here. Wow. I so want to say why. Not, not the most um, reputable source. No, definitely not. Trump or National Enquirer? Uh, both. Both. Both yeah. is good. Yes. Yes. Uh, I want to say, so when I was talking to my friend who knows everything about everything yesterday. Yeah. He brought up two very good points to me about why the conspiracy theories, mm, not only for the fact that they are literally called conspiracy theories. Yeah. Uh, but why they seem maybe a little thin. Uh, so his first point was that for the moon landing. Uh, okay. There was, at Cape Canaveral, there is signs and documentations and, you know, 400,000 people worked on the spaceship yeah. that went to the moon. Yeah. You think that 400,000 people could keep their mouth shut? Right. About it being fake? Yeah. Uh, to quote my friend who knows it all, he said yesterday... Someone gets a blowjob in the White House. It involves two people, and we hear about that. But we don't hear from 400,000 people? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that, that's kind of where I come out on that one, too. It's like, like some, too someone many. would have said something at some someone point. Yeah. Def- someone would have had a couple drinks. They would have been trying to impress a girl. They yeah. would have been like, you know what? I was on the film set. Or it's it like was one, fake. Of, one of them would have been like, 
down on their luck or something and needed what would probably be a multi-million dollar book deal. And with the National Enquirer. Uh, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't take much to get published. Um and would have said something. So yeah. Yes. Uh so another uh like why why the window is kind of open for the for conspiracy theories about this assassination in particular. Yeah. Is because it just seems too simple. Like the answer that people got for the assassination right. doesn't really correlate to what happened. Like this like this was the most powerful man in the world. Yeah. And he was just shot out of a window. Right. Like the the status and and the like the happening of this event. Yeah, you want it just, to be like a grandiose yes, big it's thing. It's too yeah. big of a deal yeah. to just be explained away by one communist sympathizer shooter. Yeah. So when you have like you just have this this disparity and then it's like, well, people fill in the gaps between it. And that's why there's so many conspiracy theories on this. Yeah. Well, and because like again, like the A, there's that committee that says, Yeah, there might have been a second shooter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh well, what else are they hiding? Boom, Ted Cruz's dad. Um, Boom, Raphael. But also, like, the the first bullet that hits Kennedy, it does, like, it does take quite the journey. You know, like, it goes through Kennedy. The magic bullet. Yeah, exactly. It's the magic bullet theory. <laughs> like, it goes, it goes through Kennedy, like, hits a bunch of stuff, goes through him, goes through the governor's, I think, like, arm, wrist, and leg. Yeah, it goes through his, like, kind of arm, shoulder area. Yeah. And then it's like it's on like a downward trajectory. So then it goes through his hand, which is on his leg. Yeah. But it then, you know, you look at the bullet and it's not, you know, crushed up or anything. How could it have traveled through? Right. Seven entrance and exit points. It must be something else. Yeah. It's like or maybe um, it was just like a really strong well, and bullet. It's like I, I watched um I watched kind of like a reenactment type. But they didn't kill two people. But a reenactment. Um, <laughs> but no, they, they, they set up like, you know. Bad example, but you know that show Deadliest Warrior where they have like totally. the the jelly human they make things. Make people out of jello, totally. Yeah, they had those, and yeah. they shot through, it and it's like, oh yeah, that could happen. Totally. Um, like a bullet does have to go somewhere. Um, yeah, it's also like a a intense rifle that's not actually that far away. Right. And at the the one documentary that we started to watch and then stopped because it was like diving into conspiracy Definitely theories too much. Conspiracy theory. Um, it was like, well, all these people like had to sign off on seeing this bullet, and then some of them signed off out of order. It's like, for one, I don't know, maybe, but two, the the stuff they're signing off on is basically sticky notes, and we're going yeah. back and looking at those forty years later. And also, this is one of the craziest scenes in the history of the United States of America. There's a possibility that someone meant to write 6.30 instead of 8.30 on the thing. I don't know. The president was just shot. Yeah. And also we're dealing with different time zones. Like it's just, yeah. Like it's, there's definitely room to believe um, different conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. in this one. And I think another reason, I was thinking about this the other day. Okay. Another reason why there are so many, well, it had to be someone else is because, and it, we were talking about, like, I, I, I truly think this president could have accomplished amazing things. Mm-hmm. And you are looking at someone who is attacking. Like we said, there's so much going on. Yeah. And he is trying to attack all of it. So there's so many people that hate him. So I, I think that this is a weird thing to say. I think it's a credit to him for all the stuff that he was doing that everyone's like, oh, well, these people hated him enough to do it. Oh, well, these people hated him enough to do it. Oh, well, these people hated him enough to do it. Like... I, I think that one of the reasons there could be so many conspiracies is like, yeah, the mob has 
reasons to be pissed off at him. The Russians and Cubans, not right. particularly happy with him. He's also, as we talked about, tackling the civil rights movement, which in 1963... Dallas. Right? So there are... He, he just had his hand in so many different pots that... There's just so many reasons to think, oh, well, these guys had to be involved instead of just a dude who was handing out pamphlets mm -hmm. in Texas. Right. I see what you're saying. Like he was he was one of the most well-liked presidents, but yes. he also like pissed off very specific groups of people. Right. Very dangerous groups of people. Exactly. Too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I think because you and I kind of talked about it, too, after we watched the one documentary, like I kind of was like, I don't understand why this is a big deal. Like, I don't understand why this is, like, the assassination to end all assassinations. Right. But, like you said, like, what could the world have looked like had, you know, someone with drive and someone who wanted to fix wrongs yeah. and was okay with, like, calling out the bad in his country because he knew that he could fill it with good. Yeah. Like, like what could that have accomplished or what could that have even inspired in other leaders after him? We were looking at the uh, approval ratings of presidents and he has the fourth highest um, like peak approval rating of any president ever. And mm -hmm. one of the ones ahead of him is George W. Bush a week after 9-11. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, I just I feel like he had a unique grasp on both sides of the aisle. Like the, the thing said, he was a conservative Democrat. Um, and I think he played both sides of those very well. Right. Also, he's the first president, like we talked about before, super old timey, but the first president to have that kind of attention on him. And mm -hmm. he drew a lot of people in and he had, I, I think, a unique view of the future as well. Like that, right. that speech about what we do here is going to affect the next 10,000 years. Right. He, he wasn't thinking in his next term. He was no. thinking in the next generation. Yeah. He was thinking generations ahead and he was thinking about equal rights for a lot of people. Like he just... He was focused on a lot of things that we're still focusing on today. And I don't know if he gets all of them done. Like, I don't know if we're living in a utopia if Lee Harvey Oswald doesn't shoot um, JFK. Yeah. But I, I do think that a lot of things would be different if he if he had made it, you know? Right. I mean, boo-hoo for JFK. He should have been, been president after 1990. <laughs> right. There's no way he would have been assassinated. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. assassinations literally stopped after 1989. Right. Um, <laughs> someone, I, told, I said that to my friend who knows everything yesterday. You know yeah. what he told me? Hmm. <laughs> There's like the prime minister of Haiti was murdered, like assassinated like this year. Yes. <laughs> I'm weird, not laughing at the weird assassination. Weird thing to laugh after, but yeah. I'm laughing at the fact that it literally still happens all the time. And I was just like, nope, they literally ended. Right. No one shoots anyone anymore and calls it an assassination. We just call it murder. Right. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry to have misled all of you. I hope you don't believe me basically ever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just, I, I find this, like I said, I find this subject endlessly fascinating because of mm -hmm. A, all of the wild conspiracies that are around it mm -hmm. and B, because like we'll never really know. Right. And we'll never really know like what would have happened had he not been assassinated. Like would it have affected, you know, leaders after him? Right. Uh, and also with Ruby having killed him, like Ruby having killed Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, we don't get the story. Yeah. 
So maybe that's another opening for all the conspiracy theories. It's like, well, you know, Ruby was paid off. He wanted the secrets to die with Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. So now we just have all this room in that disparity between the event and the payoff we got from it. Right. To fill it in with whatever the hell we can come up with. Yeah. Like just anyone who would have had inside information got shot. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, yeah. it's it's pretty crazy. Like I said, like the, it feels like a very like fork in the road moment quite on it like i don't think i'm being hyperbolic here when i say like for the planet like i i think Whoa. a lot of things would be better today if that's if this hadn't happened i mean there's a trifle of things going on so <laughs> yeah we definitely. also a couple of things we didn't mention um just a wild womanizer like really well uh i don't know womanizer might be the wrong word just the dude had a lot of affairs i i think <gasps> that one's pretty out there. Like, one of them is uh, Marilyn Monroe. He never slept with Marilyn Monroe. I thought that was no, one of the, no, 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 one no, of the no. thought ones. That was like... Okay, because news cameras were new, they were like, everything is news. Let's go take pictures. Let's go, you know, put stuff on TV. Right. I think that Marilyn Monroe and Kennedy were in the same room once. And a picture got taken of them. And they were like, he's having an affair. And then she sang that, the happy birthday song to him. And another picture got taken at that event, his 45th birthday, of him going up to her and being like, thank you for singing me such a wonderful song. And she's like, eh, no problem. <laughs> and another picture was taken at that moment. And they're like, look, they're at it again. <laughs> okay. I, I had thought that there was an affair there. But either way, um, one of the documentaries was like, yeah, this guy was probably cheating on his wife. Kennedy Rocker. Um, so it's like, again, and another thing is like, he was never home. Um, and that was one of the, the complaints that Jackie had is that like, he was always focusing on politics. Like it was always on to the next campaign, on to the next speech, on to the next whatever. Like he was, no, there wasn't a whole lot of home life for mm -hmm. John Kennedy. And so like, I, I'm talking about him as this like grand person, like there's definitely flaws to him for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there was... Yeah, a couple of skeletons in that closet, I believe. I uh, <laughs> want a party platter. <laughs> you have to watch Clone High. We need to watch it. We watched that like video thing. Like I got the gist of it. Uh, no, I don't think you got the gist of Clone High from a five minute thing. Well, no, I got the I got the reference you're okay. looking for me to get though. <laughs> we should watch Clone High. That's all I'm gonna take out of this story. Okay. All right. That seems fair. Thank you so much for downloading, for subscribing, for rating, reviewing, for coming back week after week all the time. We appreciate it. If you want to send us an email, you can. We had no idea podcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Instagram or talk to us on Instagram. Yeah. Or just look at our Instagram and then go away. Right. At we had no idea podcast. On our Instagram, we revealed early what we're doing next Ooh. week. <laughs> We are going to talk about Woodstock, baby. Yes. Uh, this is a suggestion from my mom. Oh, Lori. Yeah. Um, I want, there have been, like, Woodstock is, like, the big, like, obviously, it's the, the big music festival. Mm -hmm. They redid it in 1999, and it was a disaster. And so I want to look into that one as well. We'll talk about the Woodstocks. Yes. Plural. Woodstock I. Woods. <laughs> Thank you for the, the courtesy laugh. I appreciate that. No, I like it. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for downloading. 
And we will talk to you next week. Yeah. Bye. Era. Bye. Era. Era. I sounded like one of those things you flip upside down. Era. <laughs> <laughs> I just sounded like I was vomiting. Did I? Mine sounds pretty good. I'm going to yeah, listen you're gonna, to it back. Okay. Bye. Okay.